This is the Western Sports Football Club podcast and welcome aboard. We've much to discuss this week as league positions are decided and I can see the twinkle of some silverware. We'll also have a look ahead to our few final matches of the season. We've got cup finals this season. On Sunday the 5th of May, the under-18s take on Wall at Bridgewater Town and on Thursday the 9th of May, the first face Merley Cobham in the DPL Cup final. This one at Dorchester Town Football Club. Please come and support both games if you can. This will probably be our last podcast before these finals, so please contact us if you require more info. It's Thursday the 2nd of May and with me tonight are Ant Heron, Jamie Burt and Dan Ewans making his podcast debut. Okay, so first up, uh, first team, uh, we had a big local derby on Saturday, a uh, game against Sherborne Town Reserves. Obviously we're always up for this, I guess the rivalry is still intense even though we've got friends on both sides of the pitch these days. Yeah, Will Owen's not a friend though, is he? <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean mostly. Yeah, yeah, no, j- joke aside. Yeah, it's, yeah, like you said, we know pretty much everyone uh, on their team and in the whole club really Sherborne as a club where you know we're quite close a few of us have played there or you know vice versa but yeah we know it's going to be a tough game and and yeah it's a derby match wasn't it so we knew they were going to be up for it and they were definitely weren't they from the first half and I guess the first thing we noticed was just as the warm up was coming to end Matt Watson was down getting treatment on an ankle and we were thinking is he going to start or not and obviously Matt's an ex-player of ours and a, and, a, and a friend of ours so I guess we were you know you always want to come up, come up against these people anyway so and one of their major centre-halves so we were hoping he'd play yeah he, um, I don't know if he was luring us in what was it a, a little <laughs> tactic of his but yeah we did, we did see him down and to be honest he's you know he wins most things in the air doesn't he and like um, so you know, if he didn't play, it would have been would have been a benefit because yeah, I think he, he definitely he's become a good player. I think uh, not you know not a, he went before, but from the, the difference you can see from him in the last few years, I think he's um, gone on leaps and bounds. So yeah, don't know if it was a, a genuine injury or, or you know <laughs> whether he's just playing his on a bit. Well, Matt was sort of hoping to be joining us tonight, but uh, unfortunately, he forgot he was working late. So, uh, hello, Matt. Hope you're listening. Um, and I guess we get up to the start of the game, and the first thing that's noticeable is that Storm Hannah is in full force and effect. Do you know what? Right, it wasn't until after the game we spoke to the Sherwood players. That wind was horrendous. It, 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 it's always windy in our pitch, anyway. I think most sides that come to Alvington say it, but it truly was just. I, I, well, it was like blowing in a downwards, like diagonal, absolute horror show. Um, and yeah, and I think, to be honest, I don't think the whole game would have been great for anyone, but the wind definitely played its part throughout the like, 90 minutes. And I guess at the start of the game, both teams were struggling with the conditions, and it didn't make for a good game, really. And then I guess, I don't think we realised how much the wind was effective in the first half when we were against it, but Sherborne started to get on top of the game. Yeah, yeah, like said, Sherbourne, yeah, Sherbourne were all over us for the, for the whole first half. If we're, if we're honest, they were all over us, and it, it was hard because the ball kept going out of play because of the wind. And obviously, you know, we don't play at a stadium, so the ball is travelling miles. It's constantly stop-start, and Sherbourne were just pinning us in, weren't they? Every time we had a throw-in deep in our half, they were just pinning us in, and we couldn't really get out for the entire half. But I think, and if Matt was here for Sherbourne to say. You, you could tell how strong that wind was in the second <coughs> half. It really, it, it was a game of two halves completely. But despite all that possession, despite the fact, well, and territory, I guess if you want to call it that as well, we were penned in. Sherwin had a lot of the ball. They didn't really make any chances of note. 
Yeah, they're, they're wasteful in areas, weren't they? I think. Do you know what? I remember it. Will Island was my man twice from a corner, and I lost him. And he should have done better both times. But yeah, I mean, for, for their chances, they were wasteful, and and sort of in the final third, weren't they? Whether it was the wind, but their fruit, their through balls just kept going to pit. It was, it was in goal. It was pit, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, kept going through or going out for goal kicks. So, yeah, I think they could be a little, a little disappointed they didn't make the most of it. And our only real attacking threat in the first half came through a few sort of runs from Josh down the channel. Uh, balls pulled back, but no one there on the end of any of them. I told Pet he's too quick for everyone on the pitch. He needs to, when he runs down the wing, I could take two seconds longer. No, he, yeah, I don't, yeah, currently, I think we were all just battling, like, where he's so quick, I mean, I joke, where he can break so quick and we're in, like, defensive positions sort of thing. We just, yeah, we, we weren't up there supporting him. I don't know where... I think Murph would have been lurking about in the box, but Murph is more of that sort of in, in around the six-yard box, whereas Payne has obviously pulled it back, which I probably should have been there. Should I? I'm number 10. <laughs> Sorry, Payne. OK, but the um, half-time came, and we came out of the second half, obviously looking for a much better performance. Um, but I think, like you say, once the second half started, that's when you realise how much of an advantage the conditions were going in, in that half. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like psychological or anything, but when we knew we had the wind, you just, you're first to every ball, you, you, your touch becomes better. I think when you were against the wind and you're wet, you, you'd kind of find yourself waiting for the ball to come to you, and it was just, I don't know, from, from the, I mean, we got a bit of a bollock in half time, and rightfully so, because we were poor, but I don't know, just, we, we just turned up three, two or three gears, didn't we? And, had the ball down playing and, and to be honest even though we had the wind it was never really long balls it was more it was it was just defeat and took, took control didn't we and just I don't know four or five minutes into the second half we got the got the breakthrough goal and and do you want to uh, well talk us through it it's free kick out on the left hand side of the pitch similar to Messi yesterday <laughs> <laughs> no what was it yeah it was out wide and I won't say I meant I meant it to go straight in but just, and I'll, 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 you didn't mean it, but you're not no, sure. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it on your behalf. You've, it's a free kick into the back post of the box. Yeah. It's one of those where it's in a good area. If you put it in a good area, it either goes straight in. The keeper's got a gamble on either. He thinks the attacker's going to get a touch and it's going the other way, or he comes and gambles on it going where it did. And he sort of thought someone was going to get a touch and he put it he, and it went straight in. It's a long way out, but it went straight in. But if you put the ball in the right place, then that's yeah. likely to happen. So that's what you did, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well said, actually. I can put it better. No, yeah, no. It, joke aside, it is that sort of ball in yeah. where if anyone would have nicked it, it would, it would have flicked and got it. That's, so, yeah, that's it a striker or defender. Anyone yeah. who gets the smallest touch, they're diverting it in whether they mean to or not. And it, and it was nice because then it was just sort of like that almost weight off your shoulders. You know, like a derby game where you go 1-0 up. You, it's, you, early you, on yeah, it's early on. You're like, right, we've got control of this now and we just had to kick on. Yeah. And from there on, we never really looked back, I guess. And, and much like Sherbourne had all the possession and territory in the first half, we had it in the second, I guess. And not long afterwards, the second goal came. Uh, Luca uh, shut down a ball and it fell to Murphs. Yeah, yeah, Lu- yeah Luca... Was, it was, it was, I felt for Luca, actually, because it was just a, a game for him and Josh, really, as wide players, just hard work getting back and in more of like a dogged display and yeah closes closes I can't remember it was down the full back uh, broke to Murph who when he went clean through he, I don't know he's always going to score at the minute so 
yeah thankfully it went, went clean through to him and yeah great finish and off the post I think wasn't it yeah finish. and that's uh, Murphs who told us he's unavailable for this podcast because he was working away in London but unfortunately pre-podcast Dan has dobbed him in and told us he's back for cricket <laughs> training <laughs> he's, on the train. he's on the train <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks for that Murphs <laughs> uh, so that was 2-0 now just after that Nick Voss comes on a sub now last week he came on a sub down at Parley um, we were I think we had two, we were two and up at the time and he all of a sudden pulls two assists out of the bag and this week he, he goes a bit better and he scored the same goal twice and didn't he I mean yeah. you have, you're on the ball and what happens so the first one I wish he was here actually I don't know what Watson was doing sorry Watson <laughs> uh, he, tried, he tried like a Cruyffin at the halfway line or, or something Santa Watson yeah and, and I, I just tackled him and just played played Voss um, yeah played and just came through it was a good finish uh, he was in acres of space I don't know how he got so much room yeah yeah I, by that point I think the wind and, and all of it it, it it messed up the whole of Sherbourne shape and it, to be honest really in that last sort of 20 minutes they had no shape um, but Nick went clean through Nick's quick anyway uh, and yeah just great finish into the far post and then the second one of Nick so our fourth yeah I had the ball uh, beat a couple of players and then like you said it was the same there was almost no no, no apart from Watson there was no one there in defence and just played him through and I mean the only, difference, the only difference between the goals I think was one was with his left foot one was with his right so I mean just to, just to differentiate confident isn't it he went clean through and, and placed it on his you know either foot but um, yeah great finishes and I think he deserves it really after you know he's, he's come on a few times now and been getting assists and you know he's, become, he's a good player for us yeah and the other thing he did of course was uh, keep Dave Mountain on the line busy oh, I, like, I like Dave <laughs> but yeah yeah one of them was iffy, but yeah, Nick. I don't. I think he's that quick, but he was just offside. He was looking along the line, wasn't he? I think. I, I think Dave had him right most of the time. Uh, and the, I guess the one real chance Sherwood had in the game fell in between Nick's two goals, which was a corner. Uh, Matt Watson climbed well, and it whistled just past the well, just past the top corner. Really, yeah, like it kind of clipped that little apex bit, didn't it? Yeah, it was a good header. Um, don't know who's man. Flem's probably. <laughs> <laughs> He, he went on the pitch, um, but yeah, no, it was it was unlucky really. I think I think after his first half display, he, he probably deserved that goal actually. I thought he had a good game. So, and then just before the end, um, Henry had the ball in the net as well, but also Dave Mountain was busy on this one and ruled him out for offside, probably off. rightly so. Yeah, Mountain's off. Uh, so it finished four 0 I mean, given the conditions, given the fact that it's a local derby and our biggest rivals, we got to be happy with a with a four 0 really. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we said, I, I mean, four 0 may have flattered it in in terms of a whole game, but certainly second half there'd be no complaints. And yeah, you got you got to keep you know keep a clean sheet. You're always in with winning the game, and we it's not very often we don't score. So um, see, so yeah, but that just shows how good sort of you guys have been at the back. Maybe it's a difference like when they had all the possession the first half. We didn't really create anything, and in the second half we had our chances and took them. So I guess that's that's the difference. Um, so other other results in the weekend was uh, Blanford two, Wareham one, Hamrack two, Parley two. Hamrack dropping points is a bit late for us now, and Shaftesbury two, Corf three, which is a good win for our next opponents. And the the other result that really mattered for us was Gillingham two, Murley Cobham one, because that seals second place for us for the season. So Hamrack have finished all their games; they're on 81 points. We've got one game left to play on on 75, and Cobham have finished all theirs and on 72. So, and second place for the season. You know, it's another good season, and 
you know, maybe take away Swatsy's injury against Hamrek, it could have been slightly different. So we've got to be pretty pleased, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a good season. It's hard to sort of like the disappointment of not winning the league. But then, you know, if we're completely honest, I know Swats had that injury. But then, you know, if Hamrek would have lost the league, they would have had their moments where it had been. Oh, if this didn't happen and, and, and this, and when they when they beat us three 0 at the start of the season, they were unreal. So yeah, they deserved it. Obviously, the table don't lie, um, but you just can't help but be slightly disappointed with the you know Swats getting injured, and as a result of you know Murph being in goal, he's not a goalie. We we lost the game, but now nah, they full credit. They deserved it definitely. Okay, so uh, moving on to another big game at the weekend. Um, Dan and Bertie you were both involved in this one uh, the reserves travelled away to Allendale so at this point in the season we've got three points today we'll, on, on the Saturday we know that's going to give us the league title you know we're playing the team bottom of the league I mean aside from getting a home game against someone down there you couldn't have asked them much of a better game on paper yeah definitely um, going down on the bus I, we probably a bit naive thinking that we were going to win but being top of the league then bottom we definitely expected to win but it certainly wasn't the way we planned out but what a way to win it at the end (laughs) we'll come to that so uh, the game started and down at this point you're on the sidelines watching it running the line oh wow excellent position to see the game then Um, we started well and we started played well starting creating chances as well from you know a few people got some shots off and maybe should have done a little bit better yeah we started off very well we were sort of against the wind for the first half I thought yeah, we were and, definitely against the wind and um, there's a few through balls into Isaac who started on the right he just got in but I don't know where their left back was to be honest and Isaac had a couple of good chances squared one across to Joe and Joe claims it took a bobble but <laughs> he's missed from about five yards out yeah. he's put it 20 foot over the bar <laughs> but yeah we, we started well and looked like it would. It was top against bottom at the start, sort of thing. So when you you started, you know, you started positively. Obviously, you know, you need this uh, this victory, and you sort of start to see these chances going begging. Is it normal away? Are you thinking, oh no, it's not one of them days, is it? Or is it? Or are you thinking we're going to get one in a minute? I thought after the first couple of chances, I thought oh, it's coming in a minute. It's coming, and it would be a pretty much a whitewash. But and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and the game started to get a bit sort of scrappy and stop start and Allendale started to sort of get into the game really yeah well I think the weather was an influence on it because it started absolutely smashing it down midway through the half and as soon as that sort of happened Allendale started creating a few chances and all of a sudden there was a big game on sort of thing Um, but yeah obviously their first chance did come and they tucked it away quite nicely and and by this point so they they take the lead it was a, a well, it's a finish into an empty net in the end, but they took the lead and possibly deservedly so. Yes, like Dan said, the weather, they definitely had the, the wind started picking up, it started hailing down, and they seemed to kind of thrive on that. And uh, they, I think a ball got lofted over Scott Morgan, <laughs> who's watching us now, <laughs> and um, Matey's skinned Phillips, whipped the ball in. I remember stretching out, trying to clear it. It's gone straight to their bloke, unmarked, open net, tapped it in. 1-0, well, so not, not ideal, but still plenty of time to go. And despite this thinking, you know, we need to get on and win this game, we couldn't quite 
string anything together passes weren't coming together the normal sort of good football we play wasn't quite happening yeah it was it was a difficult one because as soon as we went 1-0 down we obviously knew we obviously needed to win to win the league and um, we sort of couldn't get any momentum going with the, with the wind against us in the rain but it's not an excuse we're top of the league sort of thing so but Allendale fair play to him kept on pressing because they were obviously fighting to stay up so and they were sort of looking dangerous when they came forward and, and before too long the second goal came very from a corner yeah um, to say the game got quite scrappy there was quite a few fouls I don't think the referee had, he wasn't good for both sides I thought he started dishing out yellow cards here there and everywhere and then they got a corner no, no it wasn't even a corner actually it was a free kick near the corner flag Houchi's actually gone to shut the man down and another player's blocked him off Houch has literally shouted at the ref he's impeding me he's impeding me the ref's done nothing so Houch has got frustrated and he's pushed this bloke out the way and the refs give a free kick of course we're all fuming at the decision because this bloke's blocked him off the, the guy even come up and said sorry to Houch because he knew <laughs> and then the free kick come in near post I've actually cleared it and it's just hit that guy straight in the leg and gone in <laughs> so it's just like oh brilliant here we go so we get to half time we're 2-0 down this is obviously not the position we want to be in um, I'm sure there were some stern words at half time well I wasn't actually leave out the swear words yeah I, I wasn't actually in the team talk I was warming up with Charlie and Trev but I'm sure Bertie and will tell you that John and Shady rightly put them to the sword yeah definitely there were a few stern words and rightly so we weren't very good we weren't at the races and they like they were saying to us this, is, this was our chance to win a league like how often are we going to get this chance again so it was a good kick up the ass that we really needed and part of that team talk Dan was uh, you and Charlie Gay coming on at half time and is this is your moment you're thinking this is, I'm, I'm going to lead us to victory now yeah well funny we said at half time this is Man City versus QPR all over <laughs> <laughs> 2 0 down to win the league sort of thing um, but yeah changed the game didn't we obviously <laughs> so the second half starts and obviously now we've probably the conditions are slightly in our favour and we're now dominating play I guess but chances are less forthcoming maybe uh, to start with I think we had a penalty claim for a handball it was a bit I wouldn't I, I couldn't really see but what I was told it was a blatant handball that we didn't get given and then we had a few half chances nothing real that like obvious that we would score from it but we were pressing which was good signs for us at least and is there any point so we've gone sort of halfway into the half you know you're getting on towards 20 minutes to go is there any signs of frustration or are we just keeping going and keep plugging away and believing in what we can do yeah I think there was obviously signs of frustration there was a few bad tackles flying in and a few words with the ref like Jamie said earlier a few few bookings here and there so we it's probably because we weren't making any real clear-cut chances at the same time we were thinking we got 25 minutes to go and we're 2-0 down sort of thing um, and they were still making chances at the same time so so then with 20 minutes to go we get a corner uh, Isaac steps up to take it I mean is this a case of what we described with Ant's goal at the weekend putting it in the right areas <laughs> yeah definitely to be fair Isaac and Sweeter their deliveries like the second half they were so good they were spot on near enough 
and he's whipped it in with a bit of pace and uh, the wind actually died down I thought second half but it picked up for this bit and it's taken it straight in for us which was the bit of luck we needed which is great so we're back in the game 20 minutes to go I mean that's got to give everyone a, everyone a bit of belief and and obviously Allendale is starting to feel the, the pressure a bit because the sort of rash tackles continue to come in and like you just said with Sweeter and Isaac's delivery that's given us lots of advantages isn't it? Yeah definitely and I think that's where the game really turned on its head sort of thing because Sheardy and JR switched to a three at the back after that goal went in I'm pretty sure after yeah, that goal went in yeah Phillips come off and we brought Joe Jarvis back on and we had a bit more width then and we could sort of play through the middle as well so from that, from then on, in that last 20 minutes, it was all West, all us really. And then we did get the ball in the net again. Uh, Isaac headed home, but the linesman had other ideas. Yeah, I was back post from this, and my opinion, I don't think he was offside because I was further ahead of him, and there was a guy goal side of me marking me. So it was a bit of a dubious call. So that's when I started to think, no, it's not going to be our day actually, but. <laughs> We kept on going, kept pressing, and then, well, eventually paid off. And then, like you say, we do keep pressing, and another free kick. Uh, Sweeter stands over the ball, whips it in, and Steve Flynn. Yeah, come on the man, come on the moment. <laughs> Sweeter's delivery's uh, unbelievable, and he put it on a plate. Well, that, it was really, yeah, it was on a plate for Steve, but he still had to do a bit, and fair enough, Steve tucked it away into the bottom corner, I think there was about five minutes to go from then. The ref literally just scored four minutes, four or five minutes extra time. And all of a sudden, there was a bit of hope in us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sweeter's delivery was class. So it's two all. We're sort of heading around 89, 90 minutes injury time. And next thing that happens, really, another maybe added little bit of belief is that Allendale go down to 10 for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, that, well, they only needed a point to stay up. And they were just, I think they really went to panic mode they were like defending for their lives and I can't remember who got bought down but they got was it Charlie got absolutely swiped out Matey's already had a book in so off he went <laughs> and from the resulting free kick I believe was the moment okay. so uh, this time I think it's uh, no I think well I don't know maybe but on JR's report it says it's coming from a corner so I thought it was from the free kick JR did say he's, he had a bit it of a was, haze over what happened yeah, it was a free kick really a free kick if you read JR's match report it says it's an Isaac corner no. <laughs> definitely a free kick <laughs> okay so it's a sweet free kick whipped in and who's on the end of it again Steve Flynn he's the man isn't he I've told you he's the man yeah he leapt up very high and as soon as that ball hit the back of the net he turned away he ran to the corner and from that moment on I think Trev sprinted 90 yards just to get into the pylon <laughs> I think Watson uh, and you wouldn't want him to be on top though would you? <laughs> he caught not a chance I think Phillips stood on my head in the pylon and I just looked across and saw Sheardy steaming in at full speed I thought cool gotta get out of the way of that but yeah it's good scenes Excellent. I mean, on a, on a slightly serious note, Steve Flynn, for, for the size of him, he's got, he does have a great leap on him, doesn't he? Oh, he's brilliant in the air. He proved that the other week when he was out-jumped the Wincanton centre-half pretty easy and he wins a lot of his headers and says, as soon as that ball come in, it landed on his head. You could just see, sense it would go in and absolute scenes when it did. <laughs> and I guess if you're going to score a goal that wins anything, doing it in injury time in the last minute is a pretty good time to do it 
Oh, there's no better way, is there? You, you, ha- you play, happily play badly for that to happen. <laughs> and they kick off, lump it forward, Bertie, you clear it. And... Well, they got a corner, I think. It was literally like last right. 10 seconds and they smashed everyone forward. I think even the keeper come up, didn't he? Because they needed a point. Big Bertie was and... there. I just saw it come in, I was like, well, I'm just going to deal, deal with this myself. And fucking, I luckily, absolutely caught it a treat on my head and it landed near the halfway line and the referees blew his whistle. So, happy days, we could finally celebrate. <laughs> and what a, and what a season, I guess. So, I mean, you know, to go and win the league, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, we can't go up because the first team didn't win anything and can't go up. But, you know, to be... The, to be in the, for the for the club to be in the two leagues that they're in to finish second and first and as high as we can go realistically is is a great achievement and is it better than we thought at the start of the season or was that what we always had our eye on? Um, start of the year, I saw our squad and I thought we've got a really decent squad here, but we did. I think it was around September October time. We had a few injuries and uh, we lost a couple games, which we probably shouldn't have, but we didn't have our best squads out at the time but it's around November when we suddenly started picking we went to Chickaroo and won we went to Mir and won and we, we started to look good and then we went through the spell of not conceding for like seven games going to Tisbury and winning and then we I think the Tisbury game was when we really did believe this was our time and we push on from it and we did and like fair play to everyone and Sheardy and JR and that's been a great season and we do deserve it at the end of the day Absolutely again the league table doesn't lie you can't argue with that we are uh, three points ahead of Mir we still have a game left to play Tisbury are on 48 which is eight points behind Mir they have three to play so they could overtake Mir and gain second place but uh, they still have three games left to play now our final game is supposed to be at home to Dorchester Sports um, they've sort of said they ain't going to play on the 11th of May when it's scheduled and we're trying to get that game squeezed in hopefully on maybe the 8th of May uh, because obviously we want to get that game played because ultimately at the end of the game we want to be picking up a trophy because that's the reason you play football isn't it so hopefully the Dorchester lads will reconsider and and get that game on because it's a bit you know it's a bit unsporting if they don't I guess really because it's you want to pick up a trophy at the end of the game don't you so that's the way it goes okay so while we're here then Dan let's have a little chat about um, the under 18s season Um, we finished the season in second place in the Somerset Division South which is the first time we've gone into this division we've been playing Dorset a long time how was travelling around Somerset? It was actually much more pleasing than it was compared to the Dorset League especially when we were going to Dorset last year with eight or nine players and getting beat four or five nil every week so yeah this year with a good bunch of lads 14-15 travelling every week and Tone and Rich Goddard doing doing wonders this year has really helped us along okay and it's been a good season so I mean you've obviously uh, it was uh, Bridgewater won our section yeah. didn't they and, yeah. and it was two defeats to Bridgewater um, were they the best side you played I mean I know there's a little bit just, just yeah. to focus on the side for a minute we'll come to yeah. the next thing in a minute yeah they, to be fair they were the best side we played we, had, we did draw, draw a few games but over the course of the season they probably were the best team we played but in my opinion, and I'm sure a few of the lads will back me up, I think we thought we were the better side and we got cheered out of it a couple of times. There was certainly a little bit of controversy in the in the home game. Uh, I think that's probably yeah. best to leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave um, that one. <laughs> with the decisions which 
didn't quite go our way, should we say. Uh, very disappointing. Um, but, you know, realistically going into that league and, and most of that side are under 17. Yeah. So to sort of finish second and maybe pick, maybe some draws could have been wins next season when everyone's a bit older. And Do you think the side's got a good chance next season of pushing for the title? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because looking at it this year, there's only... I think there's four of us that are actually 18 out of the, the full squad so they're only losing four of us and obviously with the 16s coming up into the side they've definitely got a good chance of going all the way and winning it next year and Sunday coming up is Sunday the 5th which is a bank holiday weekend and on that Sunday we travel into Bridgewater Town Football Club and we're going to play Wool in the cup final yes. now Wool are not in our division they're in the North Division uh, they won the North Division so we can safe to say we think they're a good side but do we know anything about them or are we just going to turn up and see what happens yeah well it's a difficult one because in our semi-final we beat the side they drew to in their league 5-0 so you look at it that way and think Oh, should be should be an all right all right tie for us. But then, in their semi final, they beat the side we drew to five 0 as well. So we don't know much about them at all. Um, we got a bus together on Sunday, so hopefully make a good day of it and bring the cup home. And like I said, we have got a bus going. It's going from the Sports and Social Club. Uh, so if anyone is keen to come along and get on the bus, we'd love to see you if there's space. But let us know so we make sure you've got a seat. How has the cup run gone this year? Have you had an easy run-in, a difficult run-in? Can you remember what the run-in was? You're testing me here a bit. Um, <laughs> it's not supposed to be easy. No. Um, we had a, t- we had a tough t- game against the Bristol side early on. And I remember it was one of... It was an 18th birthday in the side as well, so a few of us were a bit <laughs> wary in the morning. But, um, yeah, we, we played really well that game, 1-2-0. And then our semi-final, obviously, like I said, we won 5-0 and against a side who were joint top of their league. And we were going there thinking, could be underdogs here, but every one of us wanted it 100%, thinking this could be our last sort of under-18 game and came out good. Excellent. So we're looking forward to that. So... Um if you can get as many of us down there to support as you can, that'd be fantastic. And of course, I think probably before we, we do our next podcast, there'll be another cup final, which is the first team cup final. Uh, it's the DPL Cup. The first team will be playing Merley Cobham. This is at Dorchester Town, and this is on Thursday, the 8th of, uh, 9th of May. Um, kickoff is 7.45. And we've got to play Cobham. Hamrek have won the league. Cobham are very close behind us in third. Now we've nailed on second. Cobham convincingly beat Hamrek 2-0 in the Dorset Senior Trophy final a week and a half ago. This is going to be a real, real tough game, isn't it? They're, all, they're probably like, typically have been our sort of bogey side, haven't they? Certainly in the last two years. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's almost like that sort of, it's like rock, paper, scissors with us three. It's kind of like we can all beat each other. Yeah, I'd, it's going to be tough and yeah, I'd, I'd probably one of the sides you wouldn't want to play, but we've got to play them. Um, and picked up four points against them this year. I, I know they had a few out at home, but you still got to beat them. So, so yeah, it, it's going to be a good game, particularly on the uh, on the artificial pitch. Should be a good game of football. Actually, I think both sides, to be honest, try and play. And it'd be nice if we could have a full squad, but there's some people on holiday. Idiots, aren't they? <laughs> what are the league doing? Who goes on holiday early May? People who want a break, mate. That's what I. Yeah, it's unfortunate, mind, isn't it? Thursday, the... What, yeah, but you'd expect to be on the 11th, because, like, you know, last year the cup final was on the 18th and 19th. Yeah. Where... Next question, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so we got Corf 
uh, our last league game on Saturday, which is away at Corfe Castle. Obviously, the management hopefully are looking to rest some players and get some reserve guys in. So we might not be going full strength, but it's just sensible option, isn't it? Yeah, and we got you know, I, I know a few people might be out, but there's there's plenty of we've got such a good squad in depth, and you only have to look at our reserves what they've done this year, and the transition will be will be fine. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's uh, coming up on Saturday, our last league game away at Corfe Castle. Uh, so, guys, just a, a few other questions. And I guess we all saw scenes at Leeds versus Villa at the weekend. Um, Bertie, what exactly did Leeds do wrong? Not a lot. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a head injury. No. Don't need to kick the ball out. The referee hasn't said kick the ball out. He's playing on, so the Villas players have no reason to stop. No. So I don't really see a lot, a lot problem with it, really. No, uh, me neither, if I'm honest with you. you and obviously afterwards, uh, it's been a bit of a melee. Bielsa's then instructed Leeds to, to let Villa score. Do you think that if Leeds could still get promoted at that time, you'd have done that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah, he's a good bloke, Bielsa. He's done nothing <laughs> wrong. No, I'd, I'd, yeah, it's probably not. I'd, uh, yeah, probably not. I'd, and I'm with you. I don't think I don't think he did anything wrong. What Codger was, what he was holding his knee, wasn't he, or something? Whatever he went down with. So, yeah, I, I'm doubtful. There's too much money involved in, in football and in, in, for morals. Obviously. So, do you think he did it from a, a moral decision or because he was scared of John Terry? Yeah, well, he's not one to mess with, is he, JT? But um, I sh- no. <laughs> don't even dare call me a Chelsea fan. Um, I saw a similar thing out Yeovil in, in a cup tie against Birmingham once, and Webster went through and chipped the keeper, and I think it was Johnson in charge. He just let him run through and score, and it's, that was a bit different. It was more of a fair play sort of thing there. But yeah, with the Leeds one, I, they didn't do anything wrong in my opinion, and. Looking at the table, they could still bottle third place and finish fourth. I don't want to mention in front of Scott, but... <laughs> um, I didn't think, like... It wasn't as though Villa had completely given up when Matey scores. Like, he was still being hassled, wasn't it? It yeah. was not like... I wonder if the only thing was that the Villa player... Sorry, the Leeds player sort of went to kick it out as a dummy and then, and then dummied and carried on doing that. I mean, maybe that's a slight difference, but possibly not. I mean... I guess the thing. So, I mean, Bielsa again comes out of this with some praise. And he's getting praise for, you know, doing the right thing and letting letting Villa score. But Phil Jones has been letting people score his whole United career, and he doesn't get any praise at all. <laughs> yeah, Phil Jones is shit. <laughs> okay, so um, over the last week, the teams in the Premier League from third to six, i.e., Spurs, United, Chelsea, Arsenal. They've dropped 16 points in the last week. City and, Chelsea, City and Liverpool have dropped 14 points in the whole of 2019. We can see why this is a two-horse race, can't we? They're streets ahead, aren't they? Both sides, like, miles, miles ahead. Um, both good defensively, Liverpool and, and Man City, aren't they? And it shows. You've just Chelsea, United, Arsenal, poor. I don't know what Spurs have been like, really, Jay. I mean, they're not, um, you know... Scored, that's been our problem. Yeah. When big players aren't playing, you Kane, the Son, and that is not a, it's not good enough. The squad's not good enough in our perspective. That's why we're struggling, and rightly so. We haven't invested in the last two transfer windows, so 
it's going to be a problem. So, so ask the que- let's ask the question then. So you obviously last night uh, lost to Ajax, or sorry, Tuesday night lost to Ajax one 0 at home, which you know we've had we've had this discussion on here before, and I think no one no one will be massively surprised if Ajax goes through. But I think we're all a little bit surprised they beat you at, at home. Yeah, I went up to the game and like beforehand the atmosphere was electric it was incredible and um, it was a bit of a surprise just how Tottenham come out the traps they they just didn't and it's like you got 60 odd thousand Tottenham fans here going mad like singing and all that and then not one player bar probably Danny Rose in the first 30 minutes looked interested and it was it was really frustrating to watch to be honest I looked good actually all changed when Musa Sissoko come on and changed formation and we looked a bit better but still not convincing enough to win so yes or no then are you going to go through well, I've heard a rumour that Kane might actually be fit to be on the bench next week Son's back I can see a scoring I'm going to say 2-1 would go through on away goals Dan, uh, you're an Arsenal fan and you're desperately straining to see the TVs in here to see your Arsenal. It, it yeah, seems like Valencia have just it. taken the lead in there. 2-0. Oh, oh, is, is it maybe 2-0? Oh, I don't know. Valencia are at least 1-0 up against Arsenal at the moment. Um, Europa League, still 1-0. So do you, are you at home or away tonight, by the way? Home. home. So that's not ideal conceding an away goal. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's a way out of this? Not a chance. <laughs> we, if you're looking at our recent away games, we've... Lost 3-0 at Leicester. Got battered at Burn. Uh, where was it? Um, it was our other away game. Arsenal. Leicester. I don't follow you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Watford. Beat Watford. Yeah, beat Watford. It was Wolves. We Wolves, Wolves completely no, outplayed no. us. And you think if you're going to go and try go to Valencia and get what a win out of the game, we ain't got we ain't got a chance. I don't. <laughs> Our defence, like Mustafi, how he is a Premier League footballer, I will never know. <laughs> now, it's only a few weeks ago that I thought you were going to get in the top four, yeah. but it's done and dusted now, isn't it? Spurs and Chelsea? Yeah, it's just... Well, I think Spurs have got it, but I'm holding on to hope that Chelsea are just as bad as us at the moment. So, we, we have got an away game to go, so that's three points dropped already. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a tight one, I think. OK, now, getting a little bit more serious then... Um, Something is very unusual in football. This one, Bolton players gone on strike due to not being paid and uh, protecting not just them but other young players at the club and the staff as well who are always being paid late. Um, people do have mortgages and lives to lead and bills like everyone else and deserve to be paid on time. Are they doing the right thing? So I was listening to um, shamelessly plug it, Talk Sport, and Mickey Gray, who I'm sure listens to this podcast. And he was, he was going on about how, how bad it is from the Bolton players. They should have respect and, and pride for the badge. And it's like, no, that's, football's their job. Half of, all of them don't come from Bolton. They've got no affiliation with it. It's a job for them. They're not being paid to do their job. So, no. no. If TalkSport stopped paying him, he wouldn't do it because I like listening to him, would he? But if... if- I mean, if your place where you work, I mean, Bounty Precision Engineering, let's give them a plug on here, um, stop paying you for two months, you'd stop going, wouldn't you? Yeah, too right. 
and 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 that's and that's fair because that's what that's what everyone would do. I mean, so I'm not quite sure what what the argument is on that. So, I mean, the other thing that's happened, which sort of affects us locally, there's, def- there's definitely been a goal in the game. It sounds like Arsenal have equalised. Um, is that um, Yeovil Town have been uh, relegated last weekend, and obviously we live in Yeovil. Weston's is Yeovil's second biggest club or Yeovil's biggest non-professional club if you like um, do we think this is going to have an impact on the town Dan I mean you obviously go to games sometimes yeah definitely I think from the vibe I've got is everyone I speak to is down and sort of gutted about it and then it's obviously not good when you see photos of some of the lads out on a Saturday night in Mambo's but well, yeah after relegation day yeah really? on, on the on, Where's Mambo's? Taunton. Oh, really? Idiots went to Taunton. Yeah. Terry. Terry. Yeah, on the same day. um, And I think it might be a struggle next year getting out of the league, I think, as well. Teams like Salford, they'll be much better than us. And spending more money. Yeah, spending more money than us, no doubt about that. Well, hopefully with the new owners, get a bit of cash in the club, but... They just need to, like, inject some sort of, like... Something back to the community. For what, like, to give it 10, 15 years ago whenever you got promoted. They get 6,000 yeah. at conference yeah. games yeah. because it was like you actually felt the whole town. Is it? But, you know, regardless of what they've done, you know, taking pictures and, and, and still charging like 24 quid or something for a match day ticket. They, they've had, in the Premier League. For, for, yeah, they've had three relegations. Like, what? No, you no your target audience, isn't it? <laughs> it's the lack of investment. Yeah, there. it's... Just, they've, had, they've been lucky what they had three massive FA Cup draws promotions yeah. they never buy players <coughs> everything's done on cheap loans yeah, exactly where's, where's the money gone I won't ever go back until the board all gone well they'll be gone soon potentially because well, a takeover but, but we will see <laughs> we will see okay so let's leave that I mean obviously it potentially affects us as a club because uh, our landlords at our ground are effectively Overtown FC nah. so we don't know how a new management uh, team will affect that in terms of both the manager of the, the team and the, the management of the club or the MD whoever it is to take over the new owner so uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens to us I guess okay just a question for you all to finish with then get your thinking caps on so if you were arrested with no explanation what would your friends and family assume that you'd done <laughs> Bertie <laughs> no comment I don't Okay, and if Bertie was arrested <laughs> with no explanation, what would you assume he'd done? GBH. No. Okay, what would your friends and family assume you'd done? Oh, Christ. Uh, what you would have done? Yeah, so weird, oh, I reckon. Yeah, no, it would be. Um, Nothing aggressive or anything. No, like too plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Money laundering. Uh, no. <laughs> selling, selling drugs. You know, uh, medical yeah. drugs. Yeah, one. that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And if yeah, if you, if you need any uh, pharmaceuticals, get in touch. Anything from you, Dan? Or no idea. Like Bert, no comment. <laughs> okay. Um, next week, podcast-wise, we will probably have a week a week off. Uh, not least because we're in a cup final next Thursday, which is our usual pod recording day. 
We will be back shortly afterwards to review our final league matches and also our cup finals and conduct a full season review. We'll also try and put out at least one smaller interim podcast live from a couple of matches, the next one being potentially the under-18s cup final on Sunday when we'll try and talk to a few of the players on the way down, uh, in and around the game and afterwards as well. We are available on Apple, Google, Spotify and everywhere you can find your podcast. Please subscribe and give us a nice rating if you can. Just a reminder, if you're not fed up with us mentioning it already, that we do have cup finals this Sunday the 5th of May and Thursday the 9th of May. Please come and support us. Get in touch if you want more details. We're happy to provide them. The reserves potentially have their final match of the season at Alvington on the Wednesday 8th of May. Please check out our social media to make sure if that game's on. And if it is on, you can see some silverware being presented. We're very busy arranging stuff for our cup finals and also it's our presentation night coming soon. This will take place on Friday the 17th of May at Town FC. So please come along to see if your favourite player picks up any awards. More details next time out. I'd like to thank Ant Heron, Jamie Burr and Dan Ewins for their time this evening and to say good luck to all of our teams for the rest of the season, in particular the cup finals to come. Thanks for listening.